It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios, welcome Sandy, thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in DC is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. You and you still like me or you or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You're all right. <laughs> I'm a musician, I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth in America wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. Coming in from South Florida right now, Judge Eileen Cannon, federal judge, signed this order today, a little bit surprising on Labor Day, federal holiday, but did grant a special master, which means a third party neutral arbiter will now come in and look at those documents taken from Mar-a-Lago by the federal government, by the FBI on August 8th. Look at those documents and see if any of those documents need to be returned that may be outside the scope of the investigation. In plain English, this means a a potentially a retired judge or an attorney not connected to this case will come in. They may have to get security clearance given the nature of this case. And this will slow down the investigation. This will slow down DOJ's investigation. We are waiting for some kind of comment from the Department of Justice. They did not believe a special master was in order. They believe they had their own neutral third party filter team already look through the documents to make sure that there was a neutral perspective uh, on behalf of the Justice Department. But uh, former President Donald Trump's team said, we don't want someone connected to the Justice Department in any way, shape or form. We want a neutral third party arbiter to come in. Judge Eileen Cannon agreed with this. So essentially, this just means uh, before Friday, she issued she issued this order that before September 9th on Friday, both parties must come up with a list of special master candidates. So, again, in plain English, this slows down the investigation. This is a victory for former President Trump's legal team. It doesn't mean the investigation is over, but certainly it stops DOJ in its tracks because also, Jackie, it mentions that both parties, including the Department of Justice, should stop looking and using evidence as part of its investigation, while at the same time allowing Director of National Intelligence Avril Haines complete her review. She's doing a separate review, uh, looking at possibly uh, labeling the classification of all of these documents. So that will continue. But the actual DOJ investigation right now is halted. All right, Sandy Rios with you this morning. Happy day after Labor Day. Hope you had a good one with your family and doing work and whatever it was that you were doing to, to spend that day well. Uh, nice to have a holiday. Nice to still be free, don't you think? Uh, that's on my heart and mind this morning. Every day is a gift. It always is, but sometimes we don't realize it as much as we do in the middle of troubled times. Well, these are troubled times. There was David Spunt's report, and this is good news for President Trump, but we're learning more things uh, that I want to share with you this morning, some pretty incredible things. We are learning that the FBI actually seized 40 years of Donald Trump's medical records. 40 years of his personal medical records. They also took his tax returns since 2019. No, 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 that's not true. Congress has been trying to get his tax records since 2019, so they seized a lot of his tax records. I don't know what the extent of that was. And um, they took his passports. We already know about that. 
Uh, they also took articles of clothing and gift items. Uh, they took 18 such things like that, that that was on their list. So we don't know. And remember that Attorney General Merrick Garland said he personally approved the search of Trump's home. So now the judge, uh, Eileen Cannon from Florida, uh, weighs in on this, and she stops. She says, we will, we will provide a special master. We are going to intervene here. And she gave some very interesting reasons, which I'm going to read. This is a synopsis from Mark Walk, uh, and let me read to you what he says. He says, "Uh, Judge Cannon takes at least two swipes at the government and makes some additional important statements. First, she questions the FBI's reliability, and she offers two examples to support her skepticism. And I'm going to get into those in just a second, because I think this is interesting, and I think you'll find it interesting. And secondly, she strongly suggests that the DOJ's arguments against Trump's executive privilege overstate the law. And I'll get into that in a second, too, because that's really very interesting. They tell, they say that he has no executive privilege, that President Biden's executive privilege, his decision to waive President Trump's executive privilege was okay. And she's saying, no, wait, 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 wait. And they base it on something that happened in the past, and I'll get to that in a second. Also, she, uh, the judge reveals that, among other things, the FBI raiders seized Trump's medical records. This is further confirmation that the warrant itself was overbroad and that the search was conducted that was conducted was overbroad. And the implication is that perhaps the whole thing should be thrown out. I don't know about that. That's Mark Walk's commentary. But let's get into uh, the a bit about what the the details of what Judge Eileen Cannon said. She grants Trump's motion to appoint a special master, and this, these are her words, to review the seized property for personal items and documents and potentially privileged material subject to claims of attorney, client, and or executive privilege. And in addition, she says, to the DOJ's argument that the FBI's privilege review team has sifted out potentially privileged material, Cannon writes, the court is not so sure. Well, I love that because that's language I understand, not too legal. The court is not too sure. I'm not so sure about that. I'm not so sure that the DOJ has taken uh, care, taken care of what was privileged material, meaning that when an attorney meets with you, like if some of you most not some of you've probably never been to an attorney, but it's like going to your pastor or your priest and confessing or talking about the personal things of your life. Attorneys are not to speak about what you tell them privately. That's part of the judicial code. And so it's privileged information. And the the left has been totally breaking the barrier down on that. They've done this that this ever since Trump became president, they just act as though that doesn't even exist. And so um, that's why she says when they say they sifted out all the potentially privileged material, the judge says the court is not so sure. She also notes that two, uh, two known instances of investigators later sorting aside docs that might be privileged. And then she says, this is where she says they overstated Uh, their assessment of what privilege is. She says, the Supreme Court did not rule out the possibility of a former president overcoming an incumbent president on executive privilege. She says the DOJ has overstated the 1977 case Nixon versus GSA. Judge Cannon blocks prosecutors from continuing their criminal investigation until the special master completes his or her work. So in other words, uh, to just correct David Smut just a little bit, uh, she's blocking them. She says, stop it. Stop it right now until the special master can complete their work. 
one other thing she said, the doc sees from the Mar-a-Lago, I'm, I'm repeating myself now, includes Trump's medical documents, correspondence related to taxes and accounting information. She says, the judge says, that the stigma associated with the subject seizure is in a league of its own. Now, she's referring to that invasion of Mar-a-Lago using the FBI agents. Let me read this again. This is what the judge writes of President Trump. The stigma associated with the subject seizure is in a league of its own. This is not a situation in which there is no room to doubt the immediately apparent incriminating nature of the seized material, as in the case of a sale of cocaine. Now, both sides have until Friday to submit a list of proposed candidates to serve as this uh, special master. But I want to read to you a little bit. Mike Davis provided this, our friend Mike. Uh, this is who Judge Eileen Cannon and she is. A, is. She is an appointee of President Trump. She has her bachelor's from Duke, her JD from the University of Michigan Law School. She was a law clerk to Judge Colleton at the U.S. Court of Appeals in the Eighth Circuit. She's a former attorney at a top firm. She's a former federal prosecutor. And she was confirmed by strong bipartisan support. She got 36% of the Democrats voting for her confirmation. And so, of course, they're coming after her, calling her, you know, whatever they're calling her. But uh, this is who the Judge Eileen Cannon is. I think it's pretty incredible. She's got a lot of courage, and God bless her. We need about 100 more like her, and uh, we, we probably do have them, and hopefully they'll find their strength. Sometimes, you know, courage breeds courage, and so maybe other judges will find their courage as well. But to, to go on with this, President Trump is now commenting after this decision from the from the judge, he's commenting on Truth Social. He said, remember, it takes courage and guts to fight a totally corrupt Department of Justice and the FBI. They are being pushed to do the wrong things by many sinister and evil outside sources. Until impartiality, wisdom, fairness, and courage are shown by them, our country can never come back or recover. It will be reduced to being a third world nation. And um, that's President Trump's. It's very interesting, isn't it, that he says there are um, many that the FBI and the and the Department of Justice, the FBI, he says, are being pressured to do wrong things by many sinister and evil outside sources. You know, names come to my mind, like Barack Obama and people outside who, uh, yeah, uh, John Podesta, uh, other people, the Clintons. Uh, there are outside forces. I mean, he knows maybe some, uh, probably George Soros, too. Uh, the, the, the dots will be very interesting co- to connect someday when we look back on this, if we if we survive this. And uh, Donald Trump adds to this, so they ri- rif- rifled through the living quarters of my 16-year-old son, Barron, and the loved and respected former First Lady of the United States, Melania. But despite proven high crimes and treason and just plain common theft, all pointed out in the laptop from hell and elsewhere. They never raided or broke into the house of Hunter Biden, or perhaps even more importantly, the house of Joe Biden. It's a treasure trove. This is a country that's unfair and broken. We are truly a nation in decline. That was President Trump's comments after the special master was appointed. (laughs) Can you imagine the rage if someone did that to your wife and your son? And the helplessness go through your wife's underwear? Are you kidding me? That's what they did. Someone has reported that Melania actually threw away all of her underwear after this occasion. Hang on. (coughs) Sorry, allergies this morning. That she actually did away with her underwear after they went through her drawer. I don't know what that's all about, but it is so invasive and so just repulsive, really. Is it not? 
Would you like someone to do that to you? Would you like the FBI come in and look through your children's drawers, your teenage son, uh, look through heaven knows what? Just to, I don't know, what would be the motive of that? Is that some grand crime? What if he's, you know, doing something he shouldn't? Uh, is that the way you want your son to be treated? Don't you want to be the parent? Uh, I don't know. It's just um, Benny Johnson made this point. It's what President Trump said, but a little bit more uh, succinct. The FBI raided Baron Trump's room before Hunter Biden's room. Let that sink in. And I'm going to get back to Hunter Biden in a second. There's an incredible story in the um, New York Post today about the investigator, the the FBI agent that you know hid some of the evidence on Hunter Biden's laptop. We'll get to that in a second. Yeah, so that's that's the terrible news, and that's actually good news that something is going to happen about Mar-a-Lago. Something good, something in President Trump's favor. I'm sure it's probably a little bit too late, uh, but he needs a victory, and so do all of us when we see this kind of tyranny. Well, I know the president made a speech last week, and we are going to talk about it, but I thought you might be interested to hear what President Biden said when he went to Milwaukee over the oh, late yesterday on Labor Day, he had a lot of things to say. This is clip five. And as I said, I just signed in the law a historic Inflation Reduction Act. It wasn't easy to take on big drug companies, but we did. I've been fighting them since I got in Congress one 180 years ago. You know, we pay more for prescription drugs in the United States of America than any major country in the world here in the United States, okay? There's no reason for it. For the last several decades, many of us have been trying to fix the problem. But for decades, Big Pharma tried to block giving lower drug prices for those on Medicare or anywhere else. For decades, Big Pharma won year in, year out because they own chunks of the Congress, because they had to help, like your senior senator, Ron Johnson, who said, no, I, I want to say what he said. He said he opposed lowering drug costs because it would result in punishing the pharmaceutical industry. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. I mean, come on, man. Not this year. We beat pharma this year. We yeah, beat pharma they, they this beat year. Pharma. They beat pharma. They beat pharma by you know, making sure that everyone had vaccinations. And pharma made billions of dollars. They really beat pharma. There's a lot to say about that statement and about his remarks on Ron Johnson. And we'll say it when we come back. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. Introducing AFA Streaming, a new online platform that hosts all AFA-produced video content including documentaries, church curriculum, American Family Radio shows, and our Cultural Institute series. The Constitution only works in the atmosphere of Christianity. Critical race theory and intersectionality are new religious frameworks. The Christian must say, as Paul said to the Galatians, there is no new gospel. AFA Streaming is a vital step that we are taking to fulfill our vision to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. You'll find top-notch resources that address the issues of our day related to marriage, family, the sanctity of life, and many others. Start streaming today, streaming.afa.net. This is Pause to Pray. 
A chance to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today we pray for Tommy Baudreau, Deputy Secretary of the Interior. His office handles management and conservation of federal lands and natural resources, including about 75% of federal public land. Psalm 24 verses 1 and 2 reminds us that the earth is God's creation. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it, for he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. Right now with this in mind, would you pray with me? Dear God, we ask you to guide Tommy Baudreau in his work at the Department of Interior. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. This is an important election year in your state and all across the country, and we're joining together to pray the vote. Details at pausetopray.org. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Stern. Stand by for news and commentary next. Liberty University's K-12 Online Academy is the best of a homeschool, private school, and Bible-based education all rolled into one. With LUOA, you can take charge of your child's learning environment and create a structured yet flexible schedule that works for your family. Our qualified teachers are easily accessible for guidance and support along the way. And with new classes starting every Monday, it's never too late to make the switch to LUOA. To learn more, text LUOA to 88741. That's LUOA to 88741. One of the most wonderful Christian ministries in the country is Operation Christmas Child. Hundreds of thousands of Americans fill shoeboxes with toys, personal hygiene products, and a message about the good news. Delivered to boys and girls in poor countries around the globe. But St. Lawrence College in Great Britain will no longer participate in the ministry sponsored by Samaritan's Purse. A humanist complained, saying Samaritan's Purse is homophobic, pointing out the ministry follows the Bible's teachings on human sexuality and marriage. Instead of defending Operation Christmas Child and the Holy Bible, the Christian college surrendered, saying they did not realize some people, like humanists, might take offense. You know, I can think of nothing more inhumane than a humanist who would deny a poor child a Christmas gift at Christmas time. My new book makes a great read, Our Daily Biscuit, Devotions with a Drawl, available right now at ToddStarns.com. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. The Republican Party today is dominated, driven, and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. And that is a threat to this country. These are hard things. But I'm an American president, not a president of red America, blue America, but of all America. And I believe it's my duty, my duty to level with you, to tell the truth, no matter how difficult, no matter how painful. And here, in my view, is what is true. MAGA Republicans do not respect the Constitution. They do not believe in the rule of law. They do not recognize the will of the people. Wow. That, uh, that was your president last Thursday night. I, I don't know if you watched it. Uh, we watched it, not live, but watched it later. And so much has been said about it. It's been several days now, but I do, do want to point some things out <clears throat> about that. First of all, I've told you we spent quite a bit of time, actually, in the last couple of weeks, me talking about uh, creating a class of people that are subhuman so that they can be persecuted. We've talked to you about how Third world dictators and uh, from around the, the globe, it's been historic. They make like they dehumanize the people that they hate 
or disagree with so that sets the stage for persecution and often for just a mass killing, uh, as it did in Cambodia and it did in Russia, as it did in, with the Germans and the, uh, the Jews, the Nazis and the Jews. And so this, this is a precursor to that. Uh, President Biden was try, is trying to dehumanize uh, Republican Trump supporters and President Trump himself. Uh, and it's, you know, some people thought, well, maybe uh, the day after that speech, he pulled it back a little bit. Well, I didn't mean all, you know, I didn't mean all supporters of President Trump. I, but listen, he, he didn't. Let me make something clear. President Biden and his team were not sorry they did what they did on Thursday night with that red backlighting and the Marines standing on either side of him in that reflective of dictators from around the globe. You should see all the shots, if you haven't already, all the various images that people who do videography have conjured up of dictators in the past using these red uh, backgrounds to make their speeches with their big military signs and the military behind them. That's what dictators do. We've never seen them. Our American presidents usually sit at their desk when they have some something to say to the nation. They sit there in their blue suit and their red tie with Amer- an American flag, and they talk to us. They look into the camera and they talk to us. Oh, sometimes they have other backgrounds. Maybe they'll be in the in the White House behind you know the big archway leading into uh, one of the one of the big rooms. Uh, but they don't stand on stages with red lights and military behind them, and wave their hands like Hitler. Have you seen the pictures of the juxtaposition of President Biden and Adolf Hitler with his arms up and the rage on his face? It was an amazing showing, and just a couple of things I would point out to you. Um, CNN, actually, was caught turning as the thing was being shown. That red background morphed into pink. They altered the color. Because even they, I guess, thought it was a little bit too much. Um, it reminds me of the story I told you about when I was on Fox years ago. The day that they, um, the the day that the Texas court made the decision that led to gay marriage, they had me on, and uh, only because I insisted. Because they were all they thought it was a great idea. It was uh, Lawrence versus Texas. And so they had me on to sort of say why this wasn't a good idea. And while I was on, they turned my face green. I looked like a witch. I looked like the wicked witch of the North. And it stayed that way the whole time I was talking. So they can they can do this stuff. And so they altered the color, made it sort of a pink. And then I looked at the White House version of that speech. It would be interesting if you check on whitehouse.gov, uh, the website, you'll notice that you can't even see the Marines. Somehow they have blocked the Marines out and you can actually see the American flag much more clearly than you can in the feed that you probably watched. Uh, yeah, because they know that image is, it's all about image. And so um, the president stood up there and in a fury, you know, called out the, what, nearly 80 million, probably more than that, people that voted for President Trump in the 2020 election. And uh, in case you missed it, let's just, I'll give you another taste of what he had to say. This was just absolutely Outrageous! Remember, this is supposed to be a speech of unity, or unity of the country. He wanted to unify all of the country. And this is what he says. Clip three. And now America must choose to move forward or to move backwards, to build a future or obsess about the past, to be a nation of hope and unity and optimism, or a nation of fear, division, and of darkness. MAGA Republicans have made their choice. They embrace anger. They thrive on 
chaos. They live not in the light of truth, but in the shadow of lies. But together, together we can choose a different path. <laughs> All right, so we live in the, not in the light, but in the shadow of truth. We like chaos. We like anger. Well, uh, that's just um, that's just an abject lie. You know, it, I remember earlier in that first clip, he talked about how it might be hard to tell the truth. Well, for Joe Biden, it's always been hard to tell the truth. He's got a track record, uh, you know, as long as his public career of lies and lies and lies and plagiarism and lies. He had to drop out of a presidential race because he was such a liar. Um, but I, I, I don't want to get sidetracked on just Joe. I, I just want to make this point. The day after... He came out and said something, he kind of uh, backed it up a little bit and said, I didn't mean all Trump supporters, but of course he did. He did mean all Trump supporters, and he didn't say what he said accidentally. And they are not embarrassed that they had him stand there in this with this red backdrop. They're not embarrassed that it has come across the way it has come across. They knew exactly what they were doing. If they back off at all, it's just because they want to just massage it a little bit. But this is revealing the underbelly of what's behind him. The underbelly of what's behind Joe Biden is an absolute taking over of this country by Marxists and leftists. Those are the people that stand behind Joe Biden. Uh, You can trace many of them are red diaper babies. What does that mean? It means their parents were avowed communists. They were raised in communist families. Uh, uh, Barack Obama was one of those. So I so this this is um, all out uh, war against us, but we just can't quite f- figure it out. We can, but we're in denial. Surely, surely not. Surely, surely, it's not that bad. I'm telling you, it is that bad. And if you don't think that uh, President Biden is not doubling down, uh, let me just. This is what he tweeted. This was uh, two days ago. This is two, two days ago. You know, and trying to be, you know, smooth things over and do some unity. He tweeted, the MAGA agenda represents an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. It doesn't respect our constitution. It doesn't believe in the rule of law. And it doesn't recognize the will of the people. And of course, he's talking about, um, he's talking about the election and other things. He's so offended uh, that so many people would not vote for him. And he's lashing out. And, you know, this is, I should write this. I want to read this. Um, this is from uh, William Jacobson, who's been our guest often. He has he has a website called Legal Insurrection. And Bill had some observations. that He wrote them so beautifully. I'm going to use his words. But I, I stand by. I watched Joe Biden for years, for decades, really. And uh, he says, um, the 2020 portrayal of Joe Biden by the media as a kind, grandfatherly Joe Biden is a fabrication. He was deemed the father of borking the vicious attacks on judicial nominees dating back many decades ago. You will remember, like Clarence Thomas, uh, being attacked by Joe Biden. His entire career has been one of viciously attacking people. He has been, and people know this, even before he became president, one of the most menacing, bitter, angry, and divisive politicians that sits in the in the Congress. Um, so... All right, let me just say, he's. He, let me read this next one. Bill says, Biden has been a corrupt sleaze his entire career. He's a malicious flamethrower who hides behind the facade of being, aw shucks, regular Joe, and now kind, elderly Joe. He's the worst of our political system. And Bill maintains that what we saw on the stage last Thursday night was the real Joe Biden. And I have it from an inside source that actually it was Joe Biden, Biden's idea to do that. 
it wasn't like he's not like he yes he's not in full control or faculty he fumbles and he falters but don't think that he's not all in on this uh because he he is all in on this and so um one other thing that is interesting the networks did not cover that speech last week uh, the NB, uh, ABC, CBS, and NBC chose not to cover it. They got to preview it, or at least read the text, and they said it was too political. Now, I don't really know what that's all about. I wish I could explain it to you. I, I Usually I can kind of see through things. I, it could have possibly mean that the networks are getting a little bit nervous themselves about what Biden's up to and about what the people behind him are up to. Are they not quite ready for revolution? Are they not quite ready down with that program? I hope so. I hope so. Uh, but I don't know, and so they they did not uh, they did not uh, play that speech. Now MSNBC and CNN did, and I told you what CNN did. They kind of softened it, made it turn pink, uh, so that you wouldn't be quite so offended by that red back, backdrop. Uh, but there are some other things that I want to point out to you. This is really interesting. This is from uh, George. Uh, uh, Yes, my friend George Rasley. He's written an article for Conservative HQ, which he's the editor of, and he pointed something out that's really, really amazing. This is something that I would never have thought of. Uh, it's a particular story. He says, in what can only be described as the most astonishingly hostile and divisive attack on his fellow American citizens ever delivered by an American president, on September 1st of 2022, the president delivered remarks which were called the continued battle for the soul of the nation. And then uh, George says, rather than take inspiration from the great presidential speeches of the past, the humility of George Washington's first inaugural address, the unifying message of Abraham Lincoln's first inaugural address, that would be after the Civil War, the pay-on to America's foundational, foundational principles by Franklin Delano Roosevelt and his Four Freedoms speech, the Call to fight the spread of communism by John F. Kennedy's Ask Not What Your Country Can Do For You, uh, and other things. So here, Ronald Reagan's To Dream Heroic Dreams speech. No, it was a little bit different. We had a president who was angry at his people, his people, uh, nearly 80 million of them, which he thinks voted for President Trump. I guess probably more than that. I have to say that because I just don't think those numbers are accurate. Nevertheless, it's enough to make you, there were enough that they did credit with voting for President Trump that he is furious and he is not going to let it go. So George goes on to, com to compare this to something really startling. He said there was a Nazi propaganda film, and I watched it this morning. It's called Triumph of the Will, in which German filmmaking genius Lenny Reifenstahl used nonverbal image making and the words of Adolf Hitler and other Nazi leaders to dehumanize and justify the persecution of the opponents of the National Socialist Movement. And that was the movement of the Nazis. One of the most effective techniques Reifenstahl and Hitler used was to place opponents outside the privileged group of the Nazi party and to place them under threat by juxtaposing Hitler's words with images of the military. And then which was then firmly under the control of the Nazi party. So we see, George says, the same technique of othering. It's called othering when you make people like icky, uh, awful, substandard, subhuman, uh, the others, they're not us, they're icky, like icky Trump supporters. I feel that way sometimes with my neighbors, like they don't really want to talk to us anymore. I do feel that way. You probably feel that way too with some of your friends and neighbors. Uh, we've been othered. Okay. 
So we see the same technique of othering when Biden attacks MAGA Republicans against a blood-red background while flanked by stern-faced Marines. So a picture is worth a thousand words, and Biden doesn't have to say, I'm coming for you. It's clear from that picture. But, George says, Biden is much less subtle than Hitler in identifying those who disagree with him. Hitler says quite clearly at some point in the future ever loyal German that they must be a national socialist, the future German. The goal must be that all loyal Germans will become national socialists. But Biden put that concept in the negative. You can't be an insurrectionist or a MAGA Republican and be an American loyal to the Constitution. And then there were some interesting parallels that George points out. The Nazis were infamous for redefining words and concepts to fit their ideology. Thus, justice didn't mean achieving a fair result based on evidence. It meant achieving a result that advanced the ideological goals of the Nazi party. Hmm, sound familiar? George then says, starting the day Donald Trump was inaugurated, Democrats and their far-left allies spent 2016 and 2020 attacking police stations and committing arson to the tune of over $2 billion in damages and reacted to the overturning of Roe v. Wade by burning crisis pregnancy centers. But Joe Biden says in his speech, there is no place for political violence in America, period, none, ever. After all, they, he just allowed and cheerled. Point two, after Democrats and the far-left allies fomented riots that caused the death of at least 31 police officers, I thought there were more, actually, while they excused some 600,000 assaults on police officers, Joe Biden complained in his speech, we saw law enforcement brutally attacked on January the 6th. I, I could go off on a tangent on that, couldn't I? But, you know, I just say watch the films and you'll see that what they say is not exactly what happened. And number three, after not one of the organizers of that political violence was charged, let alone persecuted, prosecuted for that violence, Joe Biden said with a straight face, we can't allow violence to be normalized in this country. It's wrong. We each have to reject political violence with all the moral clarity and conviction this nation can muster now. Okay, well, that does sound a little bit like, yeah, a little bit like the world upside down. And I think we're going to put this uh, video uh the Nazi propaganda film, Triumph of the Will, on our, our getter page. And I think you'll find it interesting with this article, George George's article, The Triumph of the Will, in which he compares the two speeches. I think you'll find it interesting. Well, I'm not done because I have other really interesting things I want to tell you, and I'm just going to try to get them all out if I can. Okay, so don't go anyway, San- anywhere. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. Hello, I'm Sam Rohr, president of the American Pastors Network, a growing national network of pastors committed to the authority of Scripture and preaching the whole counsel of God. We believe biblical obedience is the foundation for revival and impacting our culture for Christ is our duty. For too long, the pulpits of America have been silent on the important issues such as marriage and family and assault on our liberty. Join us in the battle for truth on Stand in the Gap weekend, Sunday evenings at 6 p.m. on American Family Radio, and visit us at AmericanPastorsNetwork.org. 
President Teddy Roosevelt said a thorough knowledge of the Bible is worth more than a college education. He'd be laughed at today, but what if he was right? If the Bible really is God's Word, our eternal soul is at stake. If heaven and hell are real and Jesus Christ is the only Savior of the world, we should read and obey the Bible. A good education can help us get a great job, but one day we'll quit working. However, the words of the Bible will affect us for eternity. It's too important to ignore. I'm Pastor John Miller. Visit me at churchontherock.org. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a disgrace to any people. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. The prophet Isaiah diagnosed the condition of the rebellious nation of Judah prior to its conquest and exile by Nebuchadnezzar in chapter 59 of his book. He explained that Judah's transgressions separated the nation from Yahweh. Due to Judah's sinfulness, truth had fallen in the streets. The consequences for their rejection of truth was that lawlessness abounded. Similarly, truth has been rejected in our nation. Abundant lawlessness is the consequence for a nation that has turned away from the Lord. Repentance is what is needed in our nation, starting in the church. Righteousness is what exalts a nation. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. If you are 65 or older, you know this. It's really frustrating to deal with out-of-pocket medical expenses, just watching your hard-earned dollars flying out the window. Well, here's something that can really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare has a new option. It's called MediShare 65+. Plus. And MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's healthcare bills. It really is a community, too. People encourage and pray for each other. MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B, and it fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. It's a great way to fight inflation, too. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years, and you can use your Medicare-approved doctor, and you also get telehealth 24-7 service, so you don't have to leave your home for the little stuff. Very worth looking into, and it's so easy to find out why people rave about the customer service at MediShare. They're easy to talk to. Call 833-45 Bible. That's 833-45-BIBLE. 833-45-BIBLE. This is Frank Gaffney with the Secure Freedom Minute. As NASA struggles to launch its Artemis One rocket in support of a new U.S.-China race to the moon, fresh evidence is accumulating concerning the Chinese Communist Party's ominous ambitions in space. Specifically, the CCP is determined to dominate the so-called Earth-Moon system, since that will enable them in turn to dominate what happens here on Earth. Consequently, Chinese strategists are now calling for the CCP to destroy Elon Musk's vast Starlink constellation of small communication satellites. That's not for fear they'll cause collisions. Rather, it's because they will afford global internet access outside the CCP's control and make America's space posture more resilient. The CCP is at war with us, and we must not permit them to weaponize space, whether by colonizing the moon, attacking our assets in the high frontier, or launching weapons from there to strike us here on Earth. This is Frank Evans. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Getter or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. So you feel like Joe Biden is dividing the country, but do you feel like Donald Trump is doing the same by falsely telling people that he won that election when he lost it? How does that divide the country? 
questioning, questioning an election where there are obviously problems is, is dividing the country? Since when can we not ask questions about our elections? As a journalist for many years, I was a journalist after 2016, and I distinctly remember many people just like you asking a lot of questions about the 2016 election results. And nobody tried to shut you up. Nobody tried to tell Hillary Clinton to shut up. Nobody tried to tell Kamala Harris when she was questioning the uh, legitimacy of these electronic voting machines to stop. We're, we have freedom of speech in this country, and you of all people should appreciate that. You're supposedly a journalist. You should appreciate that. So I don't see how asking questions about an election where there are many problems is dividing a country. What I do see dividing a country is shutting people down, censoring people, canceling people, trying to destroy people's lives when they do ask questions. Last I heard, we still have the Constitution. It's hanging by a thread, thanks to some of the work some people in this area have done. But we're going to save that Constitution, and we're going to bring back freedom of speech. And maybe someday you'll thank us for that. Gary, what? All right, that's that's Carrie Lake. She's the uh, candidate for governor in Arizona. You've heard me talk about Carrie. I've met Carrie. She's just dynamite. I thought you would be encouraged. A little bit of truth, a little bit of truth. Uh, on uh, Although, you know, I have to say, because we live in the darkness and we don't like the light of truth, uh, Joe Biden has declared it. And he's also told us how hard it is for him to say that. He just, it's really hard, hard, it's hard truths to say that about us. I know it's it's just hard for Joe Biden to speak the truth on any level, whether it's corn pop or, you know, his uh, things that he writes that he takes from other people when he steals their information. Uh, all the, You know, he's a truck driver. He was whatever. He's He's been everywhere, done everything. He's uh, full of something, but it's not the truth. All right, and I want to go back to Milwaukee quickly because I just gave that short shrift because he spoke in Milwaukee on Labor Day yesterday. And I want to give you an idea. I was trying to find audio of this this morning, but we didn't have success. But I will read at least part of it. He says, uh, this is after, okay, he makes that horrible speech last Thursday. Then he comes out the next day and says, well, I didn't mean, you know, all the Republicans. I mean, there are some, you know, that I can work with. And he's, you know, speaking out of the other side of his mouth. But then he jumps in with a tweet saying uh, what he said uh, during his speech. And he also said yesterday in Wisconsin, in Milwaukee, but the extreme MAGA Republicans in Congress have chosen to go backwards, full of anger, violence, hate, and division. And then, of course, he turned to Senator Ron Johnson, who he labeled as one of those MAGA Republicans, the far right, the Trumpies. Extreme MAGA Republicans don't just threaten our personal rights and our economic security, they embrace political violence. Senator Johnson said it was a by-and-large peaceful protest, Biden added, of January 6th. Have you seen the video of what happened that day? Listen to the stories of the members from both parties of Congress and the Jeopardy. They were put in cops, attacked and assaulted, speared with flagpoles, sprayed with mace, stomped down, dragged, brutalized. Then he turns on Senator Johnson and he says, uh, you know, that Johnson is, you know, and Senator Johnson has been one of the only members of Congress to defend uh, people that, that they were there on J6, who it is not as clear that some of the police, uh, one of the couple of the police beat uh, Roseanne Boyland and another Victoria White. It's really, now that we're seeing the videos up close, we're seeing a lot more things and we're seeing, uh, I've interviewed some of those guys in jail who were trying to defend Roseanne Boylan, and that's why they struck at, back at the police. So it's not what you think. And it was the police who 
uh, set off those flares that actually burned people when they were just standing there peacefully singing in front of the Capitol. So there was a lot of stuff on that day that was not told. And so, but, you know, Biden can't be, uh, well, he can't be, you know, inconvenienced by the truth, which, because it's hard for, truth is hard for him. So, but he turns on Ron Johnson. Ron Johnson's in a struggle in, in Wisconsin for his seat. And so he, he turns on him with a vengeance. Of course, Ron Johnson is also one that's talked about the 2020 election and uh, really been a champion to try to get to the bottom of, of what happened in the election of that day. So uh, that's, what, that's what Joe Biden did yesterday up in Wisconsin. He was doing his job to try to destroy Ron Johnson. And by the way, if any of you are in this country and there's no senator that you are like excited about, Ron Johnson would be a one to really help. And as I've said before, uh, don't go to the Republican Party. Go to Ron Johnson for Senate, whatever that is called. You have to look for something like that. Not his, not his Senate website, but his campaign website. And that's where you can donate, okay? That goes for any of the others that you'd want to help. Um, and then one last thing about that speech in Milwaukee yesterday. I did not get back to why he said we beat Big Pharma. That's what Joe Biden said yesterday. They beat Big Pharma and Thomas Massey, who I love from Kentucky, congressman, said he beat Big Pharma by giving them billions of dollars, mandating their unapproved shots, insulating them from liability, and directing federal agencies to market their products. I think a lot of corporations would be, like to take that beating. And then uh, Massey says, angry old man. He's just getting back at them for the severe beating they gave him. And then he posts this, the amount of contributions to Joe Biden from uh, Big Pharma I guess this would be, I'm not sure what calendar year this would be, but it's $8,694,000 and such dollars. That's how much they've given him. So, yeah, they beat back Big Pharma. I sort of don't think so. And then that reminds me of, um, this is, you know, he's establishing a narrative, Joe Biden is. He's leading and happy to do it. Uh, this narrative that is just the opposite of what he says it is. It's certainly not unity. It's exactly what he he claims that we do about anger. We love anger. Shouting. Remember, he need to stop the shouting as he shouts. Does anybody in the hearing of my voice doubt that? Is there any exaggeration in what I'm saying? I'm saying the mega, you know, he, yeah, he's, it's just, a, it's an unbelievable thing. And do not think him innocent. Do not think that he's innocent in this. He knows exactly this is who he is. It's who he's been for years. Um, really, just a horrendous person with a very, I always told you, when he, the, the, the stories about him sniffing little girl's hair and all this, you can see long videos of montages of how he comes on to young girls and then now his own daughter in her diary uh, talks about how she showered with her dad when she was a girl. Now you tell me that's normal. That's your president. That's your perverted Mean, wicked president. He is not an innocent man standing on that stage with that red backdrop screaming at us about how much he hates us. Something's wrong. Something's really wicked here. And we're having the privilege and pleasure of seeing it come into his fruition. Uh, but he's, of course, being echoed by other members of Congress, especially members of the J6 committee, like Jamie Rasky, who was on, uh, I don't know what he was on, uh, what outlet uh, yesterday. But this is what he had to say Sunday about uh, Trump, about you know, Trump supporters. This is clip 16. Two of the hallmarks of a fascist political party are, one, they don't accept the results of uh, elections that don't go their way. And two, they embrace political violence. And I think that's why 
President Biden was right to sound the alarm this week about these continuing attacks on our constitutional order from the outside by Donald Trump and his movement. What what attacks are they talking about? That that, you know, that's why many of us are pretty convinced that the FBI infiltrated January 6th and other agencies as well. Uh, the the, uh, the Capitol Police, some bad elements in that. Some of them are good elements, but they were a mixed bag, and some behaved terribly, probably at instructions from above. Uh, we also have the uh, D.C. Metro Police that were there, Muriel Bowser. Uh, and we, we really do feel that there was an incitement because they, they got the outcome they wanted. Uh, even the people that were smashing the windows were not Trump supporters, and the Trump supporters tried to stop them from doing that. It's just the whole thing makes no sense whatsoever. And they sort of created a situation where people were being so badly treated. I saw in that tunnel uh, where Roseanne Boland was, Boland was uh, trampled to death, I saw a video of a policeman who was standing on some uh, up on some, like, a, uh, like on the tunnel, there's like ledges, a ledge. And, st- and they're spraying, 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 whatever, uh, right on the, the protesters, just continually over and over spraying so that they couldn't breathe. And so, uh, and then they were beating um, in the same uh, tunnel, uh, Victoria White, and you see her being struck, I think, 34 times. So what do they expect people to do in response to that? There is a response, and many people believe, and I think this is true. That uh, President Biden is trying to stoke the flames of violence again because they are desperate for some violent act from Trump supporters before this midterm election so that they can declare, you know, whatever they're going to declare and stop the election. I do not doubt that for a second. I've said that to you before. And so we have to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. We have to measure our words, measure our conduct. And make sure that we do not allow them to do that, to, to incite us to anger where we step over that line. Uh, and then they, then they do the aha moment and multiply it by 100 to make it seem even much worse to people who don't agree with us on politically. It's, a, it's, a, it's just a, it's terrible what's happening. So, so Jamie Raskin is real concerned about the Trumpists and the people supported Donald Trump. He went further to talk about, well, he actually said other things that were, I thought, pretty interesting. So, and remember, he's in charge of the J6 committee. He's one of the high-ranking uh, members that, you know, the, the Stalinist court. Oh, Stalin. I said Stalin. I shouldn't have because I forgot. It's the Trump supporters who are Stalinists. But let's hear Jamie make his case for that. This is clip seven. No, clip 16. 17, let's talk sorry. about the January 6th committee. There is conversation about having Newt Gingrich, former Speaker of the House, come in. He has described this committee as a Stalinist show trial. Earlier this year, he said, under a Republican-led Congress, members of this committee might be arrested. How do you respond to that remark, those remarks, and what would be the value of him coming in talking to the committee? Well, we're inviting in only people who have relevant evidence and testimony. What's his relevant evidence and testimony? Well, he he has appeared numerous times in uh, throughout the investigation about the attempt to propound the big lie um, and to keep things going long after the election had been settled. But it's interesting that he invokes Stalinism 
when all of the Stalinists are on Donald Trump's side, like Vladimir Putin, the former head of the KGB, who said that the collapse of the Soviet Union was the greatest catastrophe of the 20th century, or the dictator of North Korea, who Donald Trump writes love letters to. The Stalinists are on their side, and they should keep them on that side of the aisle, because our side is fighting for democracy in America. Uh, if it weren't so outrageous, uh, I would laugh. I almost did laugh. Vladimir Putin and uh, Kim Jong-un, is, are they on Trump's side? <laughs> really? Really? Uh, so that makes uh, Trump a Stalinist, and that makes us Stalinists. I'll tell you what makes people Stalinists. President Biden was just bragging about his uh, Inflation Reduction Act, you know, the one, oh, you know that, that one that authorizes 87,000 new agents to go after you and me over our taxes, to comb through and persecute. Oh, I, it doesn't say that in the bill, but we have a little bit of insight. I'll give you an idea of what uh, the Stalinists under Joe Biden, the real Stalinists who like to do their speeches behind a red backdrop with military behind them, that, 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 uh, that branch of the Biden party. Nicole Flax was an IRS official in charge of a centralized office as she will be, of the 87,000 new agents. Now, who is Nicole Flax? Okay, well, so let me read this. The IRS Commissioner Charles Reddick has appointed Nicole Flax, Commissioner in Charge of the IRS's Large Business and International Division, to lead the establishment of the agency's centralized office. But going back in time, Nicole Flax was among seven IRS employees who said that their computers had crashed making it impossible for them to provide information sought by the House Ways and Means Committee and investigating the agency's targeting of Tea Party and other conservative groups. Flax made 31 visits to the Obama White House from June, July 2010 through May 2013. Every American should be concerned that a key player in the IRS targeting of conservative groups and ensuing cover-up has been tapped to oversee the implementation of the Democrats' tax and spending bill. That quote comes from Congressman Comer from Kentucky. Uh, some of you won't remember this, and I don't have time now to explain it, but under Loris lead, Lerner's leadership, and Nicole Flax was one of her underlings, uh, they went after the Tea Party movement with a vengeance, and they basically shut down Tea Parties. They refused to give them 501c3 status. This was during the Obama era. They were the ones that were fighting back. They didn't want Obamacare. They were doing everything they could, and so the IRS went after them hamstrung them, punished them, asked for the records of anybody that spoke, all these speeches that were given, and asked for personal information. It was the first time we saw a Stalinist move in our country, and now it's going to start again under Stalinist Joe Biden. All right, Sandy Rios in the morning on KFR. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.